here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I'm fascinated, I really am, by hearing 25, 30, 32-year-olds who know very little about even recent European military history, very little about World War II, very little about 100, 150 years ago in European history, all of which involves Russia and Ukraine and Poland and Romania, the Balkan states, and on and on and on, telling us what our foreign policy should be. And they all say the same thing, like the, like the Marxist left. They repeat the same thing. How long is this going to go on? I hate to tell these millennials, we don't know. It's not a video game. How much money are we going to spend? Whatever money we spend, we need to make sure it goes where it's supposed to go. So it's not abused and frivolously used, but these wars do involve military equipment. And why is it any of our business? I don't know. Was it any of our business? When Italy invaded North Africa? When Japan invaded China? When the Third Reich invaded the Sudetenland and Austria and part of the Czechoslovakia Republic and so forth? Well, back then, we decided it wasn't any of our business. That it wasn't any of our business. Were we right? So these military machines build up, all three, the Axis powers. They built these alliances. Hitler was a big fan of Mussolini. Tojo was a big fan of himself. 
And the rest is history. But do we know the history? I think that's an important question. One man who says he knows history and has spent a lot of time studying it is Vladimir Putin. And I've mentioned this before. Even though it's a heavy read, he put out an opinion piece in the Russian media, picked up by the European media, on July 12, 2021, a year and a half ago. And he laid out what he thought would be his persuasive case for greater Russia. He's a big fan. He admires Peter the Great. He admires the early czars. Talks about greater Russia. But in this piece, if you take your time and unravel it, he's talking about Russia, that Ukraine and Russia are the same thing. That there are lands in Romania, territory that are Russian. There are lands or territory in Poland that are Russian. He mentions Lithuania, a Balkan state, that are Russian. And he says there have been endless efforts by the West to detach Russia from its historic territories. And he said during the high period of the Soviet Union, he said there were republics within the Soviet Union, but the Soviet Union was a single country. So while there were these borders, they were never considered separate state or separate country borders. Just various republics within the Soviet Union, like states. The problem is most of those republics consider themselves captive nations. And that Putin's history is bogus. Putin was not going to stop at Ukraine. He tells us this. Poland is probably the most aggressive country, Poland and Romania and the Balkan states. They are the most aggressive countries trying to provide whatever military support they have, whatever military they have, to the Ukrainians. Because they believe they're next. And they do not believe that NATO and the United States will protect them or defend them. We know this from the Prime Minister of Poland himself. Other countries like Sweden want to join NATO. Why? Because Putin says even parts of Sweden really belong to Ukraine and Ukraine belongs to Russia to greater Russia Finland which was a neutral country during World War II is scared to death 
Why are these countries so worried? Because they know their history and they know their experience with the Russians. And Putin keeps bringing it up. So people who say, this is very important to understand. This isn't about globalism or neoconservatism, whatever that is, or warmonger. So people are saying, here's Ukraine, which had 44 million people and has 25% less now. That is fighting. The people are fighting. They're not surrendering. It's not Afghanistan. They are fighting. They are not surrendering. They're saying we just need the arms to fight them. Because their arms, their most sophisticated weapons were drained out of the country by the Russians in 1994 and beyond. And so they, they barely had their own army. Barely had their own air force. They don't have any nuclear weapons. So they can't make threats the way Russia does. And so these are people who are fighting and dying because they want to be free of Russia. And Putin has written, it's all out there in the public record, that this isn't really a war against the Ukrainian people, it's a war against, you know, Zelensky and the Nazis and all the rest of it. But the public record also shows that he wants to destroy the Ukrainian people, much the way Stalin starved out the Ukrainian people and killed three to six million of them in one year. The Ukrainians aren't stupid. They know what's on their border. They know what they're dealing with. This war has been going on for what will be one year on February 24th, I believe. Russia invaded Ukraine, not the other way around. Ukraine is not attacking Russian cities. Ukraine is not capturing Russian civilians and moving them into concentration camps and slave labor. Ukraine has not destroyed <clears throat> Russian, Russia's ability to create energy, and on and on and on. Ukraine is the victim and yet the Ukrainians are fighting back in ways that nobody expect they would or could, with or without weapons. These are people with a long history. The Poles are doing everything they can to back the Ukrainians because they know the Ukrainians are effectively fighting for them. The Romanians know the same thing. The Baltic states know the same thing. as do most of the other countries in Eastern Europe, particularly the ones that ring Ukraine. Moldavia is scared to death, tiny little country with a police force. can be gobbled up in an afternoon. When people say, how do you know Putin will do this? They're the same people who say Putin keeps threatening us with nukes. Well, how do they know he'll do that? Well, what if he does? He won't. But he will 
if he can cut through Ukraine, continue, in my opinion. Because Joe Biden demonstrated to him in his surrender in Ukraine that he will not confront Putin at the NATO line. He will not do it. I find most of the people who play stupid when it comes to Russia and Ukraine or who cherry-pick the information to make Ukraine look bad and Russia look like the victim, that most of these people don't believe in NATO either. That though most of these people don't believe that we should be helping South Korea either. That most of these people don't believe that we should be helping the state of Israel either. Which is understandable. It is a consistent illogic, if you will. A consistent illogic. Now you say China is now going to be helping Russia. China has always been helping Russia. The Biden administration has been covering it up. But China is also working with Iran. China is also in our hemisphere. China also has a navy that's bigger than ours. China is also trying to take over the South China Sea, where five to six trillion dollars in economic activity take place. China is threatening Japan. China is threatening the Philippines. China is threatening even Vietnam has come to us. And of course, they're threatening Taiwan. China will help Russia if China thinks it's in its own strategic best interest. Period. And I think it does think so. Much the way Japan and Italy and Germany made an alliance. We're not responsible for it. We didn't cause it. We didn't provoke it. The people of Ukraine deserve our thanks rather than the other way around. It is amazing to me how much people say we're spending in Ukraine, which is a lot, by the way. But it's nothing close to the amount of money we spend in this country and waste in redistribution of wealth, pursuing Marxist agendas, left-wing groups, destroying our own economy, destroying our own energy independence, and on and on and on. And it amazes me when they say, we should be spending this money in our own country. No, we should be slashing the money we spend in our own country. Slashing it. Because the vast majority of you don't see a dime of it. It's not for you. And the idea that if we get out of Ukraine, we're suddenly going to build a southern border, it's just stupid. It's, Ill- it's insane. Nothing stops us from doing it today. It is the Ukrainians who are preventing World War III right now. The Ukrainians who are standing up to the Russians and preventing their T-tanks, their Tiger tanks from... Rolling through Ukraine into Poland. Rolling through Ukraine into Romania. Rolling through Ukraine into the Balkan states. It is the Ukrainians who are preventing it. 
What evidence do I have? I have my number one witness, Vladimir Putin. That's the evidence I have. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. Maybe it's important to remind ourselves that only about a third of the country wanted to fight the Revolutionary War. And yet, there we had the Declaration of Independence where delegates from every state signed on. You could understand the South. Many states in the South, especially South Carolina and Georgia, there was a... What what is... What is... What is... Boston, what does that have to do with us? We're making a fortune off the British. We're selling all this cotton to them. Why the hell should we get involved in a revolution against the strongest nation on the face of the earth? Does anybody know how long the Revolutionary War was? It was over eight years. Washington lost and his generals virtually every battle. Virtually every battle. The regular army was falling apart. The militia. Many were going home. What happened? More when I return. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. The Reagan Coalition meets every day. Call now, 877-381-3811. Let's talk about our Revolutionary War for a moment. 
We lost the vast majority of battles. And yet George Washington's considered a tremendous general, a great general, he who rewrote the the book of tactics. It was a regular army, of course, but they had to rely heavily on volunteers, militia. But at the end of their contracts or their volunteer period, they were free to go home, and often they they were threatened to, and often they did. Look what happened at Valley Forge, the suffering, the disease, the death. Now, they listen to people on TV. How much more do we have to do for these Ukrainians? The fact is we would not have won the Revolutionary War. But for the help of the French. And after the Revolutionary War, the French monarchy had no money left. It's not something I recommend, but they were broke in supporting us. And why were they supporting us? Because the two greatest powers on the face of the earth were the British and the French. And they were obviously to each other's throats. At the Battle of Yorktown, or the Siege of Yorktown, if you prefer, the Battle of Yorktown, That was the battle that ended the, effectively, the Revolutionary War. The British general was a brilliant man. General Cornwallis. It's a brilliant man. No one happened. I want to make a long story short. This stuff always interests me. I don't know how much it interests everybody else. The Battle of Yorktown, there were literally more French soldiers and and sailors than there were American soldiers. Did you know that? There were about, I'm doing this by recollection, there were about 9,000, 10,000 American soldiers and almost 30,000 French when you include their naval power. The French came in through the rivers coordinating with Washington and his forces and bombarded the British forces from their ships, uh, as well as our men fighting. Um, And just as an aside, any slave who would fight in the Revolutionary War was given his freedom, he and his family. People might find that interesting. And there were several black heroes during the Revolutionary War. In any event... The siege of Yorktown, the Battle of Yorktown, it went from September 28 to October 19. The land and sea campaign. The British forces were entrapped. Cornwallis tried an escape. It didn't work. They were encircled. 
and they sued for truce and peace, and that's what they got. And in the end, it ended the Revolutionary War. By the way, half of the American soldiers and militia during the Revolutionary War died on the prison boats that the British put them in in these horrendous conditions. Where they got dysentery, they were fed rancid meat if they were fed anything. They were given no medical treatment. Dysentery, other diseases spread throughout the bowels of these big, big, big ships. <clears throat> About 20,000, give or take, died in a nation which really had a very small population. I spoke earlier in South Carolina and Georgia. About half the people of South Carolina, about half the people of Georgia, sympathized and sided with the British. And fought. American fighting American. They raised their own militia. And fought against their fellow countrymen. Because they figured this wasn't our battle. It's not our battle. Imagine if the French who literally sent troops and sailors into this war way off thousands and thousands of miles away in this North American continent, this country of colonists. You didn't have a whole lot in common with them. Imagine if they cut off all support. Resources. Their ships, everything. There wouldn't be a United States of America. And the men who most of us now revere, the founding fathers, all would have been hanged, tortured, and then hanged. You saw the movie The Patriot. I assume the British were brutal. The British were, had an empire, they were all over the world, like the Romans. Thousands of years earlier. And they knew how to fight. In every corner of the world. In every corner of the world. But given support. Given ammunition. We won. I used to have a letter. I gave it to Hillsdale College. It was one of the earliest battles of the Revolutionary War. It's called the Battle of Bunker Hill, but it actually occurred in a, on a hill within Bunker Hill called Breed's Hill. And the letter was signed by three men on the Massachusetts side against the British, begging the New York legislature for gunpowder. Nine days before the Battle of Bunker Hill. They were short on gunpowder. It's not clear. History is not clear if they ever got that gunpowder. It's unlikely because New York needed gunpowder too. They were, 
They're being subjected to harassment. We're likely to get into this war. It was a war that began before 1776, before the Declaration of Independence was made by the colonists and signed. It started earlier, really, the Revolutionary War. And one of the great patriots I told you about before is Dr. Joseph Warren. The most important doctor in the whole city of Boston, maybe the state of Massachusetts. Fairly well-to-do man. In his mid-30s. And a, uh, a revolutionary. And he worked closely with John Hancock, Paul Revere, Sam Adams, John Adams. And had he lived, he would have been more famous, I think, than George Washington. That letter I just mentioned to you was signed by, among others, Joseph Warren. Now, when this battle took place, The Redcoats of the British charged up the hill. These were very brave men, too. And uh, took heavy casualties. They charged up the hill again. Took more casualties. Then they charged up the hill the third time. Then the American colonists ran out of gunpowder. So they pulled back, except for a handful. And one man who wouldn't pull back was Dr. Joseph Warren. He pulled out his sword. But before he could use it, not too far standing from him, the British commander pulled out his pistol, aimed it between Warren's eyes, and shot him between the eyes kill him. They cut up his body. They urinated on it. They set it on fire. And they left. Him. Because they knew that they killed somebody who was crucially important to the American uprising. It took Paul Revere to identify him. Paul Revere, as you know, was a smith. And he had given Dr. Warren a tooth. A fake tooth. A metal tooth. And that's how he identified probably the first case of such that the body or the remains of the body, that was Joseph Warren. Very, very, very brave men. So terribly outnumbered. And so many others brutally killed. Fighting for liberty. For their freedom. For their country. For their family. That's what the Ukrainians are doing. They didn't invade Russia. Russia invaded them. 
their population is being slaughtered. The Russian population is not being slaughtered. Any slaughter that's going on is being done by Putin. Their women are being raped. Their children are being taken to concentration camps in the interior of Russia for re-education and to be raised as Russians. The meanwhile, they're using these people for slave labor in Russia. None of that's going on in Ukraine, despite the best efforts of the Putin wing of the media and the Republican Party and the pseudo-conservative movement to spread their propaganda. The Ukrainians want their liberty. They suffered genocide in 1932. They know what it is. The hands of the Russians. And Stalin. And they will fight to the death. Because they know what they're up against. And the fact that we're providing them with arms and money should make you proud. Because it is they that stand between the Russians and the Poles, the Russians and the Romanians, the Russians and other countries in Eastern Europe and people who say there's no evidence of this are not listening to Vladimir Putin. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. How much time do I have, Rich? I want to tell you about another war. It's called the Yom Kippur War. And it lasted from October 6th to October 25, 1973. Little state of Israel was attacked by the Arab countries surrounding it, led by Egypt and Syria. Egypt and Syria had very significant militaries. Uh, thanks to the uh, old Soviet Union. And in many respects, they had more planes and more tanks and certainly more people. And it was a surprise attack. And the Israelis, for a period of time, were on their heels. These countries had gobbled up big chunks of Israeli territory. Then the Israelis started to push back. And ultimately, they repelled the attack and regain the land that they lost. But only after they received a massive infusion 
of military weaponry from the United States. These are people who wanted to fight, who wanted to be free, who wanted to live. And they needed the means by which to do it. Richard Nixon was president. He ordered his Secretary of State and National Security Advisor, Henry Kissinger, wore two hats, to open up the spigots and get as much weapons to the Israelis as possible. So the Israelis not only pushed back, they started to take additional territory and they went on the offensive. They went on the offensive. They almost took Cairo. And then Brezhnev called Nixon and said, we're sending our troops in. And Nixon said, no, you're not. Nixon put our military in the highest nuclear alert. The highest nuclear alert. The Israelis pulled back. The Soviets never sent their military in. The Arab countries lost. The Israelis could win. They wanted to live. They wanted to be free. They needed our help, as the Arabs got helps from the, from the Soviets, the Russians. How will this war end? How long will it go on? What shall we do? I'm very concerned about what I hear the Republican Party among conservatives. We're not John McCain, but we got to use prudence. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811. Does anybody know who Wajahat Ali is? He's said to be an author, Wajahat Ali. And he's on MSNBC today. And I must confess, I don't have the foggiest idea who this guy is, but he must be important. He's on MSNBC, like the important hosts and guests. And you see all the turmoil over at the Constipated News Network with Sour Lemon. He's maybe on the way out because of his uh, endless stream of stupidity. Well, Sour Lemon is multiplied by 10 over there at MSLSD. That is the network with the lowest IQ and the most racists. No question about it. Much more than CNN. So they have this Wajahat, actually. Wajahat Ali 
And I want you to listen to what Wajahat Ali has to say and then ask yourself, why does MSNBC, its sister NBC, and its ownership at Comcast allow this? Why do they, in my opinion, allow blatant racism day in and day out by their hosts and their guests? Cut 10, go. Uh, to quote Zora Neale Hurston, not all skin folk are kinfolk. Uh, Nikki Haley instead is the Dinesh D'Souza of Candace Owens. She's the alpha Karen with brown skin. And for white supremacists and racists, she's the perfect Manchurian candidate. And instead of applauding her, I am just disgusted by people like Nikki Haley who know better, whose parents were the beneficiaries, as Asha said, of the 1965 Immigration Nationality Act, which passed thanks to those original BLM protesters and the Civil Rights Act. Her father came here because he was a professor. He taught at a historically black college in South Carolina. That's how she became the proud American that she is. And yet, what does she do like all these model minorities, which, by the way, is a strategy of white supremacy to use Asians in particular as a cudgel against black folks. Instead of pulling us up from the bootstraps and pulling others from the bootstrap, we're taught to take your boot and put it on the neck of poor browns, immigrants, refugees, and black folks. And that's what she did in her ad. So I see her and I feel sad, Mehdi because she uses her brown skin as a weapon against poor black folks and poor brown folks, and she uses her brown skin to launder white supremacist talking points. And the reason why I feel sad, because no matter what she does, Mehdi, it'll never be enough. They'll never love her. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is what, in part, I wrote about in American Marxism. She might be brown. Like Dinesh D'Souza. And there are black people with black skin. And there are Asian people. And there are Latino people. And unless you're down for the revolution, unless you're some kind of Marxist, well, you're not really a minority. You're an uncle fill-in-the-blank, an aunt fill-in-the-blank. What did he call her, a Karen or something? She's the alpha Karen with brown skin. For white supremacists and racists. Now you need to understand the code language now. White supremacists and racists are white people. They're not talking about the Klan. They're not talking about neo-Nazis. They're talking about white people generally. You're a white supremacist. There's all CRT and all the rest of the crap. But this guy is a guest. Today. And he's chosen because of his bigotry and racism, in my view. Anti-white racism is in. It's in big. And you don't have to be white to experience it. Nikki Haley's not white. And so, people like Wajahat Ali are especially angry at the Nikki Haley's of the world. Furious. Because they benefited, you know, from the radical left revolutionary Marxists. And now they turn their backs on them. They act like white privileged people. I want you to hear this one more time. It's that important. In that a major American corporation, Comcast, a major network, is spewing this absolute filth. Go ahead. 
Uh, to quote Zora Neale Hurston, not all skin folk are kinfolk. Uh, Nikki Haley instead is the Dinesh D'Souza of Candace Owens. She's the alpha Karen with brown skin. And for white supremacists and racists, she's the perfect Manchurian candidate. And instead of applauding her, I am just disgusted by people like Nikki Haley who know better, whose parents were the beneficiaries, as Asha said, of the 1965 Immigration Nationality Act, which passed thanks to those original BLM protesters and the Civil Rights Act. Her father came here because he was a professor. He taught at a historically black college in South Carolina. That's how she became the proud American that she is. And yet, what does she do like all these model minorities, which, by the way, is a strategy of white supremacy to use Asians in particular as a cudgel against black folks. Instead of pulling us up from the bootstraps and pulling others from the bootstrap, we're taught to take your boot and put it on the neck of poor browns, immigrants, refugees and black folks. And that's what she did in her ad. So I see her and I feel sad, Mehdi. Because she uses her brown skin as All a right, weapon. Shut up, a hole. Shut up, you bigoted buffoon. Let's take a look. Look at the people trying to get into this country from every corner of the globe. They're not coming from Sweden. They're not coming from Switzerland. They're not coming from Germany or Australia or Austria. They're coming from south of the border. They're coming from the continent of Africa. They're coming from the Middle East, Southeast Asia, China. We are the most diverse population in this country on the face of the world. I can't think of another country that's as diverse as the United States. I can't think of another country that's as beneficent as the United States when it comes to immigration. Even well before Biden, what we have now is absolute anarchy. I think, can't think of another country in the face of the earth that has a constitution that compels equal treatment. I didn't say equal results, equal treatment. And a court system that attempts to apply it. I can't think of another. What do you mean this? Asians, the Asians, especially the Asians are used against black people. Asians aren't used against anybody. In fact, it is the radical left, the white radical left Democrats who are discriminating against Asians. Ask those who've tried to get into Harvard lately. Ask those who've been graduating from the most, you know, superior public school systems where they had their National Merit Scholarship Awards held back. Ask them. Ask them. And the sickening irony of this is these bigots and racists, in my view, they do enormous harm to black people and brown people. Enormous. Enormous. To quote Zora Neale Hurston. Really? Well, it Not all skin folk are kin folk. So if you're not white, whatever that means, and you don't think like this man, then you're not black or brown or yellow or red either. Your mind is white. That's what he means. That's what I've told you he means. And people like him mean on the left. 
This is the use of race to drive ideology. That's what it is. It's the use of race to drive Marxism. You can hear how dangerous this man is and would be if he had a position of power. There's no debate. There's no challenge. You're either in with him or there's something desperately wrong with you. Nick Kelly speaks at Dinesh D'Souza and others. It's just outrageous. So guys, guys like this, I guess he's some kind of pseudo-scholar, Mr. Producer, or something. He's pro- probably tenured somewhere, I guess. But he should be shamed. And yet there he is on TV. And he's not alone. We have a conga line of maniacs, in my view, like this, who spew their poison and their hate, who spread their cancer. You have to wonder. They talk about uniting the country. How the hell do you unite a country with this kind of programming from Wajahat Ali on MSNBC? How do you unite the country? You don't. And they, they, they demand ideological conformity. They demand it. And the hate for the United States is so deep and so broad, it's really unbelievable. It's truly unbelievable. And if they continue along this path and have their way as an aggregate, we're done. We're finished. And whatever fantastic paradise they have in mind for all of you of all backgrounds will be a living hell. There's no question about it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not pure talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company... That's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I want you to hear from Karen Goldberg. That's right. Whoopi Goldberg's first name, at least her birth name, was Karen. Pretty hilarious, don't you think, Mr. Producer? She's the original Karen. You know, Karen's supposed to be sort of this white, yuppie, suburban woman. That's that's how they they use that term. And I apologize to all you Karens out there, but this is their way of... Uh, promoting their a racist attitude. So Whoopi Goldberg is Karen Goldberg, and she's on The View today. And she regurgitates what Sarah Lemon said on the Constipated News Network. 
Cut 11, go. The Washington establishment has failed us over and over and over again. It's time for a new generation of leadership. You're not a new generation. You're 51. What are you talking about? A dudette, right? I'm so behind the curve, it's unbelievable. When you're 51 years old and you're running for president, that's a new generation. The youngest president we had was Theodore Roosevelt, who took office on the assassination of McKinley. Second youngest president we had was JFK. I believe Roosevelt was 41. You could check me on this. I think Kennedy was 42. 51 would be a young president. But her point is understood. It's just that Karen Whoopi Goldberg and the rest of the phony media and the Democrats, they're going to pick at every single thing this woman says, just as they're going to pick at every single thing DeSantis says or anybody else. And I've been warning folks about this. They hate Trump's guts, they're trying to put him in prison. They're trying to ruin them, and they've been doing this year after year. It's sickening. But that doesn't mean these other Republicans are going to get the slide here. They're not. The Democrats are on the warpath. They have an agenda. It is a radical agenda that they feel that they can ram home now. Whether they have a tiny majority in the Senate, no majority in the House, and dimwit in the, in the White House. They've got a massive bureaucracy. He's issuing executive orders like dictates from a dictator. They've got all these radical judges that are commiserating with them, if you will, colluding with them. Now's the time. That's what they see. Now's the time. Joe Biden's an old man. I don't just mean by age. He's an old man. Donald Trump is not an old man. Even though he's two or three years younger than Biden, he's not an old man. He doesn't act like an old man. He doesn't talk like an old man. He's not shuffling around, bumping in the walls and all the rest. Biden is an old man. He looks much older than 80 years old. He acts much older. He's got some early stage dementia. There's simply no question about it. Trump does not. But this is what Haley means. Now, go ahead. Like us, we know that. We know that, but we're not going to vote for people who don't have our best interests at heart. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, and also, what does that mean, dummy? How do you even know whether she has your best interests at heart? If I were to ask Karen Whoopi Goldberg right on the fly... What are Nikki Haley's top issues and where does she stand? What did she do as governor? She wouldn't have the foggiest idea. And by the way, my advice to Nikki Haley is you need to get that message out. Not the platitudes. Just get the message out. Anyway, go ahead. 
I think what's interesting in this country, and I think it's... Oh, this is, an, this is uh, Hughes, Houston. What's her first name again? Asusian Houston. Not Sonny. More like miserable. Asusian Houston. Say that t- fast five times. Asusian Houston. Asusian Houston. All right, Sonny, go ahead. In the world that don't value age, don't value experience. We value I mean- age, you moron. We value experience. It's you on the left who do not. The world begins today. The world begins today in my living room. Yes, yes. She says they value age. No, they don't. You and I do. That doesn't mean every old person should, if their doctor should still be doing surgery, should still be flying jets, should be engineers on trains, or should be president of the United States. That have to do with anything, you idiot. Go ahead. Remember when my grandmothers were alive, I would sit at their feet and just take in the lessons and everything that they had to say. Okay, I agree with that. We all understand that. Why are you diverting? Would you vote for her for president if she had dementia and was 80 years old? Going to be 82 years old? Of course not. What's this, the view show? Why, why do people watch this crap? I, honestly, I don't have any. They just like uh, watching these yentas sit around a table. These, these uh, stupid, there's smart women out there. They just don't happen to be on the view. I'll be right back. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not Pure Talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company that's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Wajahat Ali is a playwright, an author, and a New York Times contributing op-ed writer. Figures. Figures. So Bernie Sanders, or BS as we like to call him, Bernie the Red, he's on Deface the Nation. Nobody watches that any more than they watch Meet the Depressed or This Week Without David Brinkley. And uh, she has Bernie Sanders on her show. Why is somebody demanding that Bernie Sanders be on TV? Is there some juggernaut for Bernie Sanders? No, not at all. Not at all. They they like him. They like Bernie's views. And uh, they like the way he behaves. 
But Margaret Brennan, I don't know where she comes from, what her background is. I don't mean what country, I mean professionally. She, uh, she actually asked him a pretty good question. Bernie Sanders is on a book tour. Cut 14, go. But I have to ask you, you're going on tour to promote this book, It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. And you're here. Oh, surprise, oh. surprise. More Marxist claptrap. It's okay to be angry about capitalism. I'm a millionaire. I have two homes. I'm on a book tour. I'm making money. Start over, please. Go ahead. But I have to ask you, you're going on tour to promote this book, It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. And you're here talking about it. I understand we're not the bad guys you're, you're describing in the book when it comes to media. But tickets for your tour, apparently, are selling for $95 on Ticketmaster, which is con- accused of anti-competitive behavior. You know that. Some of your Democrats are criticizing them. Aren't you benefiting yourself no, from the system I, that you're all, trying to dismantle? First of all, those decisions are made totally by the publisher and the bookseller. All right, let's I stop. No, they're not. He has enough clout. He has enough clout. He doesn't even have to go on a book tour. But if you're going to go on a book tour, you certainly do have a say about charging for tickets, how much you're going to be charged for tickets. You're not some victim of a capitalist class. So uh, that is a lie. I know from my own experience. I don't go on book tours. I may go to three or four places to sign books. I don't have to. I choose to. You folks call in here. You ask me, will I go here? Will I be there? I say, okay. It's not even safe anymore. But... The publisher doesn't compel me to do anything. You don't compel him either. Go ahead. We're in one place here in Washington, politics and prose and independent bookstore charging some Politics and prose is a radical left bookstore that has never invited me to do anything. It's where the old commies go. Charging some tickets. Most of them, I think. Go ahead. I think of $40, $50, and you get a book as well. So if you want to come, you're going to have to pay 40 bucks. I'll throw in the book for free. And we're doing a number of free uh, events, but I don't make a nickel out of these things. At all. But you're okay doing business with Ticketmaster? No, not particularly, but that's... All again, right, stop. I, so now, take, are you okay doing business with CBS? CBS owns uh, some publishing houses, too. Used to own Simon & Schuster. My publisher. But Ticketmaster, you know, that's poison. You know, you're okay with Ticketmaster? And, uh, and of course he makes money. makes money off every book. He's so deceiving and so dishonest, this guy. We've asked him to come on the radio show years past. We've asked him to come on the TV. He won't come on. Schumer won't. None of them will. Maybe you're saying... How can you never have a liberal on? Well, we're not going to have some jerk, you know, who's eating at a, uh, eating a, 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 a sort of white bread and a bagel from Starbucks and uh, coming in uh, with their, I'm not interested in them. I'm interested in one of these hot shots. I can't get any of them. None of them. Hey, uh, <laughs> go ahead. 
with that. That is, if you wrote a book, probably be the same process. Mm-hmm. So you have to operate within the system. I do. Is what you're... I write a book, a major publisher, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. What is your, uh, since you're so hateful about capitalism, I, I just want to dig a little. What is your upfront payment, Mr. Marxist? I don't know. I have no choice to make. I know. What is your upfront pay? What is your rev share? I don't know. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there is a war on Netanyahu. There's a no- war on his government. He's asked about this. And it's much like anti-white racism. The Jew haters love to attack Netanyahu. Particularly the self-hating Jews. They love to attack Netanyahu. Why? Because he's strong. Because he looks out for his country. Because he actually has faith and he puts people in his cabinet positions who are practicing Jews. Some of them are actually Orthodox Jews. Oh my God! You know, prior to my rabbi and I were talking today, my Chabad rabbi, Chaim Cohen, great guy, Loudoun County, Virginia, 20176. And he said, you know, I don't like this term orthodox. I said, why? He said, because, you know, Judaism is Judaism. And reform was founded, and then conservative was founded, and all these off you know, tributaries were founded, and so now we have to specify who we are. And I know what he means, and I will say it my way. Reforming conservative Jews, other than the high holidays and maybe here and there, they don't really practice their faith or celebrate their faith in, in any religious way. That's just the way it is. Don't call my program. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking out loud right here. And it's true. How do I know? Because I was raised as a quote-unquote reformed Jew. And what I remember most out of that is nothing. The service was one hour, 20 minutes of political crap from the left. And uh, I learned nothing. The most exciting part, as I've told you before, was when it ended and we could go get our sugar cookie and grape juice. Now that I enjoyed. The sugar cookie and the grape juice. I didn't learn a hell of a lot. For those of you out there who who know about Judaism, or as Gentiles might say, the Old Testament, or have some knowledge of ancient history, I didn't even know who Samuel was. They never taught me who Samuel was. Samuel! Some of you say, who's Samuel? Go ahead, Google it. Samuel! But I knew I wanted the sugar cookie with the sprinkles on it, not the one without the sprinkles. That much I knew, Mr. Producer. Matter of fact, I could use one right now, to be honest with you. Netanyahu is a strong leader. He is hated by groups called, for instance, J Street, which is made up of mostly secular Jews who hate themselves and hate the state of Israel. Radical leftists. 
And that's why you'll find people who speak to J Street, this is just my opinion, uh, are uh, predictable, the types of people that they, uh, that they have speak to them. And so they'll support the Iran deal, you know, they'll support Obama, they'll support... These are bad, uh, to quote Karen, they're dudes, bad dudes, in my opinion. Um, Israel's accused of apartheid. Now that's pretty precious coming from uh, Arab and Muslim countries. Uh, It's actually ridiculous. So I want to tell you before I get to this Bernie Sanders clip, because he like, I'm Jewish, I'm Jewish. <laughs> That's why I have to call out a guy like him specifically. Specifically. I'm going to tell you what the Biden administration is doing, and then I want to play Bernie Sanders, because to me they're almost one and the same. The United States, this is from... Uh, David Milstein, my stepson, who's really quite brilliant on these matters. The United States joined all the members of the Security Council today in supporting a presidential statement wrongly condemning Israel for its recent announcement to formalize, to formalize and build more housing units in Judea and Samaria. Now, we've talked about Judea and Samaria before. These are the birthplaces of the Jewish people. Judea and Samaria. And so, of course, Prime Minister Netanyahu released a statement. Said the UN Security Council has issued a one-sided statement which denies the rights of Jews to live in our historic homeland, fails to mention the Palestinian terror attacks in Jerusalem, which 10 Israeli civilians were murdered, Ignores the Palestinian Authority's grotesque pay-for-slave policy, which subsidizes the murder of Jews and belittles the evil of anti-Semitism. The statement should never have been made, and the United States should never have joined it. And the United States should never have joined it. That's what Joe Biden did today. Have you heard this anywhere? No. You haven't heard it anywhere. Joe Biden went to Ukraine, that's all you hear. This you haven't heard anywhere. And so now, this Netanyahu, you know, he went to the Congress. Obama got angry and he spoke to the American people in Congress. We're not allowed to do that. But Obama was really a, in my view, a, uh, and I want to make sure Media Matters and Media, I picked this up, an anti-Semite. The way he treated Netanyahu and the state of Israel. As opposed to the way he treated other countries. Our enemies bent over backwards while he was trashing the United States. The people of Israel, their favorite president is Donald Trump. It's another reason they hate Netanyahu, quite frankly. So here he is, Bernie Sanders on Deface the Nation with Margaret Brennan. And what do you know? Cut 15, go. Do you um, think that 
democracy is in peril in Israel right now. I do. I am very worried about what Netanyahu All right, so what kind of question is that, for God's sakes? We've talked about this and let people, why are you talking about that? You're an American. I'm explaining over and over again why these things are related. Israel has an entrenched ruling class that's empowered by its courts. The edicts come down from the courts. The courts have the final say. The courts, you can bring any case you want in front of the courts. You don't even have to have standing. The courts overthrow the Knesset over and over and over again. The courts make military decisions there. The courts make decisions on domestic policy. The courts make decisions about who the prime minister can put in his cabinet. Why? Because the European socialists who founded that government are losing elections to the conservatives, starting with Menachem Begin, and over and over again to Netanyahu. This is why they trash these men. So they want to have permanent power, permanent control, just like in our own country. So what that means is, for Netanyahu, he's saying, wait a minute, this is enough of this. You don't have any basis for doing what you're doing. None whatsoever. So they want to rearrange and rebalance what's been taking place to prior to 1992. And so the radical left is bringing out their militia, you know, like they do in this country. They're bringing out their, their protesters, their rioters, their phony intellectuals, their newspaper men, all the rest. And, of course, Bernie Sanders, the Marxist from America, throws his weight in. Now, I have to take a short break. I will explain more. I'll be right back. Lovin. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not Pure Talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company. And then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company... That's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Bernie Sanders, cut 15, go. Do you um, think that democracy is in peril in Israel right now? I do. I am very worried about what Netanyahu is doing and some of his allies in government and what may happen to the Palestinian people. The United States gives billions of dollars in aid to Israel. And I think we've got to put some strings attached to that and say you cannot run a racist government. You cannot turn your back on the two-state solution. You cannot demean the Palestinian people there. You just can't do it and then come to America and ask for money. Have you talked to the administration no. about it? They've been right, very stop. careful. You know what's amazing about this? She doesn't challenge anything you said. Nothing. She doesn't challenge a word that this man says, which is outrageous. He says the same thing about our own country. 
shame on face the nation, CBS and Margaret Brennan. How come you don't invite me on your damn program to debate this man? How come? Absolutely amazing what this 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 guy gets away with. Absolutely amazing. Everything he said there is just libelous. Says it about our country too. Two of the freest countries on the face of the earth. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. You realize half the country is working today and half the country is not, Mr. Producer? But do you folks realize the government was shut down today? Do tell. The bureaucracy was shut down today. It's a federal holiday. President's Day. So we're honoring uh, Millard Fillmore as well as Abraham Lincoln and Washington and Reagan and so forth. And by the way, President Trump, you're included. It's your birthday too. But you understand what I'm saying? The government shut down today. But the checks went out. Oh, do tell. I'm telling you. By last count, there's nine federal holidays, maybe ten. Can never have enough, you know. (laughs) There's almost one federal holiday a month. You realize that, Mr. Producer? (laughs) Oh, jeez. It's unbelievable. Somebody who worked in the Reagan administration, I can tell you that the vacation days can add up. The sick days add up. Uh, When you retire, you can get them uh, paid out if you don't use them. It's amazing. The most um, generous pension system, most generous medical system. I'm just saying that the government is officially shut down today. And the world didn't come to an end. Your life was utterly unaffected. In fact, some of you could could breathe easier this morning, knowing that some federal bureaucrat won't be knocking on your door for some piece of information. So there's something to be said for that. 
I have a different take on this federal holiday stuff. I think there ought to be a federal holiday six months a year. What do you think of that, Mr. Producer? I'd rather pay these people to go on vacation than pay them to be a pain in my ass. I'm, I'm serious. Which gets me to my point. I always have a point. What exactly does the Environmental Protection Agency actually do? What does it do? Does it clean something up? How many fails does this agency have? Flint, Michigan, Palestine, Ohio. It's always too little, too late. They get a zillion of our tax dollars. They have endless number of bureaucrats. They tell us they, they can't take any cuts. It'll affect our water and our air and our health. I'm thinking to myself, what, what do they do? They have all kinds of scientists there? No, of course not. They have a massive bureaucracy. Just like every other massive bureaucracy. So what do they do? They're not very good at scheduling transportation to sites that, where they need to show up. And what do they do when they get to the site? We're relying on the railroads to tell us, uh, you know, the, uh, we're, we're relying on the uh, gold company. Uh, we're relying on... What? Oh, who? How many scientists are over there? <clears throat> I'm quite serious. How many experts who can measure things, who can actually determine things? How many labs do they have? Not dogs. Laboratories. Again, I'm quite serious about this. You know why the EPA exists, America? To control your life. To issue regulations, to redistribute wealth, to destroy private property rights through God knows how many regulations and rules. To stop development, to stop economic progress and capitalism. That's why the EPA exists. That's why it exists. To attack our economic system, to attack your private property rights, to attack your businesses, to attack your job. That's why the EPA exists, because otherwise, wouldn't they have the equivalent of a SWAT team that goes out to Palestine, Ohio, to see what the hell's going on? Instead, it's like pulling teeth. Two weeks pass. Uh, hello, hello. Just drink the water. Don't worry about it. Drink it. It's fine. Ignore the smell and the color. And chunky water, that's okay. Listen, don't worry about it. Don't worry. We got it covered. We got our whole equity and diversity and inclusive crew. They'll be there eventually. Stop stop telling us what to do. We know what we're doing here. I don't think they have any idea what they're doing. What do you think of that? They rely on the private sector to figure. I think it's the biggest scam, the EPA, of the whole bureaucracy. I think it's the biggest farce. And of course, they're responsible, at least in significant part, for pushing the climate change agenda. As they all drive into Washington, D.C. and fill up their cubicles and do their work, such as it is. Hello? Uh, hi, is this the EPA? Yes, yes, it's the EPA. May I have your name? No! Why do you need my name? Well, I, I need your name and your, your extension in case I get cut off. Goodbye! 
Hello, is this the EPA? Yes, it's the EPA. Uh, can I talk to somebody about the uh, creek in my backyard? Do you have a creek in your backyard? Yes. You understand under the Navigable Waters Act, well, it's not navigable. Listen to me. You understand under the Navigable Waters Act, you can't use that creek. I know, but it gets really high when it rains and it floods. I wanted to, goodbye. Hello, is this the EPA? Yes, it's the EPA. How many uh, chemicals per part of uh, H2O uh, is my water supposed to uh, be? I I, I went to Home Depot. I got one of these uh, testing kits, you know. I'd like to know if somebody's been pouring paint down the, uh, you know, and, and I'm getting, ah, shut up. Next. I wonder, what do they know? I don't think they know anything. Maybe maybe 10% of them know something. But otherwise, it's the same bureaucracy. You can call them at the Energy Department, the Ag Department, whatever. Oh, is this the Energy Department? Yes, it is. Okay, have you noticed the price of energy? Yes, I have. It's going up. Live with it. Hello, hello. Is this the Energy Department? Yes, it's the Energy Department. You're calling me during my lunch hour. Your lunch hour? It's 3 o'clock. Exactly. Goodbye. They have no energy at the energy department. The people don't have any energy. They don't know how to get the energy. Their whole job is to kill energy independence. Why do we call it the energy department? I've said this before. It should be called the no energy department. It's like the agriculture department. What do they grow? Absolutely nothing. Maybe some marijuana in the courtyard. That's about it. You ever call the agriculture department and ask them an agriculture question? Uh, hello, is this the agriculture department? Yes. When are the apples ripe enough to eat? Is this a uh, a prank call? No, you're the agriculture department. How the hell should I know? They don't know a damn thing about farming and growing at the agriculture department. They don't know a damn thing. Oh, and then there's the Housing and Urban Development Department. Oh, that's a good one. Hello, is this HUD? Yes, how may I help you? Um, I'd like to build a house. Okay, how may I help you? Do you have any information on housing there? No, I don't. Any questions on equity? Equity. No, 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 no. What kind of materials should I use? I mean, my house is... Goodbye. Whoa. How about the Justice Department, Mr. Producer? Have you ever called the Justice Department? Oh, is this the Justice Department? Yes, yes it is. Um, what's your name, sir? No, I'm calling you. It's okay. What's your name? Frank, what's your last name? My last name? I'm calling you at the department. No, what's your last name, sir? Marshall? You're Frank Marshall? Yes. Yes, yes. And uh, what's your number? Well, you know, uh, 563. Oh, okay. Social Security? Wait a minute. I have a question for It's okay. We just need the information. All right, here's my Social Security. Date of birth? Date of birth? 
My date of birth. Okay. Uh, do you use social media at all? Yes, I use Twitter. Okay, very good. Uh, what name do you use? And so, okay. Can I ask you my question now, Department of Justice? Actually, were you protesting at a school board meeting last night? Yes. We'd like to talk to you. Now, we can make this easy. You either come into the Department of Justice, or we'll visit you with our SWAT team. I was calling you to ask... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We want to talk to you. So you never want to call the Department of Justice, that's for sure. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. James O'Keefe at Project Veritas headquarters today. I don't really know what's going on here. The man founded Project Veritas. He's always been extremely professional, very friendly. He's a great patriot. And apparently some of the employees have ganged up against him and some of the board members removed him. Um, Again, I don't know all the details, but I do know this guy, and he's good. And I've seen this sort of thing before, the cannibalization of a great leader in one of these organizations from within. So here he is. Here's James speaking today. Cut 18, go. Even so, as a former board member told me 10 years ago, Project Veritas will never be stopped from the outside. It will only be because we stopped ourselves, right? I'll get to that too in a minute. Prophetic as it may be, that is exactly where we find ourselves in the situation today. A situation where I've been stripped of my authority as CEO and removed from the board of directors. I bet you didn't know that. I'll get to that in a minute. Contrary to what public statements may say. And by the way, I have copies for this. I will not give them to you yet. I will give them to you after I'm done. And there are board minute meetings, which you'll all get a copy of, that read as follows. Quote, James O'Keefe indefinitely suspended as CEO without compensation. February 10th. Yes. Quote, indefinite suspension of James O'Keefe from the board. Dated February 10th, five days before the statement, saying that I'm still the CEO. I don't know why this is happening now. Or specifically why this is happening suddenly right now. It's a coup, that's why, in my humble opinion. Cut 19, go. Our mission continues on. I'm not done. The mission will perhaps take on a new name, and it may be no longer called Veritas, Project Veritas. I'll need a bunch of people around me, and I'll make sure, I'll make sure you know how to find me. I feel very badly for him. He was targeted by Biden and the FBI for no reason. How that SWAT team came to his home. I mean, for crying out loud, he had the diary of the daughter. Apparently left it somewhere. He didn't buy it. He didn't use it. Didn't matter. The New York Times smeared him. 
And for what? Because he's running a, a program, a project that exposes so much. It's such an important role that he has, such an important position that he has. That's why, for the most part, when he or the people who work with him and for him would expose these teachers and these administrators and, and well beyond that over the years, we were very anxious to hear what, what happened. Guy's a class act. I haven't heard anything otherwise. But you get these board squabbles and you get staff that, he took my sandwich. I haven't talked to James, but I read, he, st- he stole my sandwich. Mr. Bidd, that's one of the complaints. He took my sandwich, damn it. I won't put up with that. Unbelievable. Egg salad sandwich. You know how expensive eggs are now? Yes. Yes. So he built this. He's the founder. He's the mover behind it. He's the face in front of it. And I don't think it'll ever be the same as a result. That's just my opinion. Time will tell. John Fetterman. I guess this is going to be going on for years now. John Fetterman has been institutionalized for a lengthy stay. They're talking about maybe two months because of his severe depression. What kind of a family puts a man like this through this? And I have another question, to be perfectly honest with you. Why doesn't he resign from the Senate? Don't the people of Pennsylvania deserve representation first and foremost? The Democrat Party knew what they were doing. The media knew what they were doing. Biden knew what he was doing. In fact, Biden said, this guy's a chip off the old block. (laughs) My block. (laughs) Anyway, it's very sad what's happening here to Fetterman, how he was exploited. Very sad. And I really do wonder about his wife and his close family, how they could do this to this guy. It's terrible. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, there ought to at least be one day for taxpayers. I don't mean April 15th. I mean a taxpayer day where we are thanked for all the taxes we pay. The people on the dole, they get something every day. They get a free ride. I'm serious about this, Mr. Producer. We ought to get a special day. Taxpayer day. No, no, I can't do that. Let's go to Eric Duluth, Minnesota, Sirius XM. Eric, go right ahead, please. Good evening, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, you had a note with me last, last Thursday and again tonight about the bureaucracy and how they want to stop projects and kill the economy. In northern Minnesota, we are the largest, we have the Duluth Complex. It's one of the largest precious metals uh, finds in the world. And we have one project that's been in permitting for 18 years. Jeez. And with Biden's executive order shutting down 300 and some thousand acres for 20 years, essentially killed another project. We're talking 600 direct jobs and somewhere in the neighborhood of 2,000 indirect jobs. And these people, they don't care. They don't care, these people that they're 
having removed from their jobs or preventing them from getting jobs are hardworking, blue-collar, middle-class to lower-middle-class people who use their hands, who use their ingenuity. They're not sitting in some office in some city or suburbs. These are the people that produce what it is that you like and what you need and what you want. And they're out of sight, so they're out of mind. And you're 100% right. It's just so grotesque. So, so, so contemptible. I don't know what the EPA does, but I know it's not so great for all the talk. What would we do without the EPA? Plenty. They act like the states don't have their own EPAs. You know, Eric, they do. Oh, yeah, I know. We've got layer upon layer of it up here. It's incredible. Yeah. The, 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 the metals we need for this quote-unquote green economy are here, and we don't have to bring them from the Congo, where children are pulling cobalt out of the ground. As a favor to me, I would appreciate it if you get a hold of a representative from the 8th District here, Pete Stauber. He can tell you all about it. It's Pete Stauber? Yes. Write that great. down, Mr. Producer, if you would. And all right, Eric. Thank you for your call, my friend. It's incredible. You know, here's the thing. People in Washington don't have any idea what goes on in these rural areas. They don't know anything about mining. They don't know anything about digging. They don't know anything about the development of various resources. And they don't care. They just think this stuff shows up. When you really think about it, just think about it. Chuck Schumer has never held a private sector job. He got elected to the New York State Assembly right out of law school. And he's never visited areas like this area in Minnesota. He's never checked them out. Nancy Pelosi was raised in Baltimore, married uh, Paul Pelosi in San Francisco. She's another city dweller. That's it. Joe Biden's never worked a private job in his life, ever. He's not, he doesn't know what's going on out there. Kamala Harris, same thing. We have people making decisions about our lives and the lives of other people that they have absolutely no connection with, whose lives they don't even understand, whose work life they don't understand, whose family life they don't understand, and they're imposing the will on all the rest of us. The Environmental Protection Agency, while it does some of this environmental stuff, its main job is to advance the cause of economic Marxism, to shrink the economy. To battle capitalism. To destroy private property rights. That's its job. That's what they do. They're not all scientists over there. Hardly. And say that. Let's go to Ron Salem, Oregon. Sirius XM Satellite. Ron, how are you, sir? My best friend. You got the best bumper music. I have to call you the Don Cornelius of bumper music, my brother. <laughs> I love you. you. You know me from Polk County Republicans. I called you a few I times last you. year. Well, yes, we're, what we're going through right now has been set up since the 1890s, the Age of Enlightenment. Remember when they did the Manor Project where they had the jobs and the farms and you lived at the same place and everything else? Mm -hmm. That's Marxism. That's what they're trying to do. And they're trying to install segregation back into our kids through mm -hmm. CRT, they're saying equity. I am nobody's property. Why don't they say equality? The Marxists, oh, since FDR, Woodrow Wilson, 
Johnson, what we're seeing right now going on is Johnson Society Part 2 on all Americans, rural and city, and they don't mm-hmm. care. They'll enable the criminals, catch and release. They want to make sure your kids get all this utopian thing, just like the days of Ahab and Jezebel. And mm-hmm. you know, during that time, Elijah was impatient, but he did God's will, and there's God's timing is going to be coming. Again, just like the Depression, just like the Revolutionary War, it's the remnant, the few that will save us. But we got to put skin together. Yeah, we got Ryan Jelly, Ronald Moxon's in my state that undermines, or in the national with McConnell, Romney, and Collins, and others. But we have to talk to all people. We're one country, one nation under God, and we're one that gets a not given a hand out. We may get a lift up, but we work for what we need. If we don't stall back those situations, if we don't get out of our comfort zones and talk to the people on the issues of parental rights, because that's what they're trying to do is take away your rights through the school boards mm-hmm. and in the hospitals through uh, universal health care like they just voted in this year in my state. They're going to take away your rights of owning a diesel pickup, which I enjoy, because it's mm-hmm. getting better mileage by 20%. And if I tune it up, you get 25% more mileage where you get 21, 23 out of a power stroke diesel. And then the last thing is, is that when you go through and you undermine using these policies, whether it's climate change, where it took my father's bee business from 10,000 hives of bees down to less than 358, sir, in the Tulare County, one of the trucks, he got six trucks, over 200, 300,000 worth of trucks he can't run in that state. As an American who was raised in a foster home, I'm not walking to my my own Auschwitz that my second foster father after 126 mission at Tuskegee Airmen had to go through. And at the same time, we got to get comfortable. We got to stand. You bring history. You bring you bring truth, Mark. We need more of you, Charlie Kirks and others. And these rhinos need to be beaten back just like Elijah, Deborah, Caleb, and Joshua as I need. Because if we have God with us, who's going to be against us? If you don't understand your history, you're doomed to repeat it. If you choose to drink the waters of others and don't check where the water source come from, then you shall be poisoned to the gates of hell. And if we All don't right, Ron, you are, you are inspiring. Call back sooner than a year or six months or whatever it's been. And take care of yourself, man. That's Ron in Salem, Oregon. Good guy. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now let's go. Daniel, Scranton, Pennsylvania. The great WTRW. Go right ahead, please. Hey, Mark. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, sir. So uh, I'll touch on a couple things with the EPA and uh, the the, uh, leftists, we'll call them. I wish wish the leftists would come to work. I I work in a surface mine quarry. We do aggregates. You know, rock rock we crush. We crush stones. We make asphalt. Yeah. Correct. Great. And, uh, now, let me just tell you, it's, it's hard work. The damn big trucks, the cranes, everything else, it's big. It's big deal. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I, oh that's all right. I wish they would come to work, you know, when, exactly. a, when a rock gets stuck in a crusher, 700 pounds, you got three guys trying to get it out because you can't get a machine in there or something. They have no idea. Come home with, with dust all over you. You look like the dust bunny walking in the door. <laughs> they, they don't know. You know, <laughs> but uh, with the EPM Shaw OSHA, Boy, they got more of a say than the EPA. They have guidelines yeah. with them, Shaw OSHA. But uh, 
It, 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 and like how many of those OSHA people have actually done your job? Up up here, they're pretty strict. That I yeah. that I do gotta give them. Yeah, you know. But when they, when the EPA itself comes in, they they gotta make it look good all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, they they try to find anything and everything. Everything could be tip top, but they they gotta try and find something to make a buck. It, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and when COVID hit, the EPA shut any aggregate mine down, but any hard metal, copper, iron, aluminum, they were all still running. We, we why? In the why country, would they shut some down? Why? Why did they shut other surface mines down? But yeah. aggregate, we couldn't go to work for over three why? weeks in Pennsylvania. We all started jumping up and down. The EPA said, "Oh yeah, yeah, you can go back to work." Yep, yep. It makes no sense. I don't even understand it. Why? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that, that aggregates were, were shut down for a good bit be, before everybody mm-hmm. came together and said, you know, why are we shut down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, All right, eight? Daniel. Well, congratulations. You have exactly no representation in the Senate as I speak tonight. And... uh you take care of yourself, buddy. Those are dangerous jobs and very, very important jobs. Most of us wouldn't even try to do it. Let's continue, shall we? Uh, Mr. Producer, number four, no. Remember I said none of that? Number, let's go to Steve in Clarkdale, Arizona on the Mark Levin app. Go right ahead. Mark Levin, you are immense. An Thank honorable you, man. I love you, we watch you, we hear you, and you know the Hebrew word called emet means truth. You are a revealer of truth, and the truth will set America free if we come together. You had a man of God praying, and that's what has to happen. America's going to need to pray, repent, and come back to honor the God of Israel, his son and spirit. Are you a rabbi? Are you a priest? What are you? No, I'm a messianic Jew. Oh, okay. There you I'm go. Jewish is Jewish. I'm a direct descendant of King David, and but I'm an entrepreneur. I've been in business since 1980 in the heating and air conditioning industry. You know what yeah. the problem is, Mark? Every unit is made in China. Oh you cannot God. find an air conditioner made in America anymore. Okay, so if this, it's a picture of the problem that you speak about. We are building up China and depleting America. We got to bring business back to America. We got to bring jobs back to America. And you know, you know, it's amazing, and I'm not, so don't worry. But if I were president, I'd call in three or four of the top economic guys, and I'd say, "What do we need to do to bring all these businesses back?" And I guarantee you, one of the things they would say is create a better environment. I don't mean air and water; I mean business environment than they have in all these other countries. And I'd say, "Okay, give me their proposal and slap it on my desk." And let's do it. Let's get this going. Everybody's always talking about it. Well, let me ask you something, Mark. Why is it that the Republicans don't learn from the Democrats? What do I mean by that? The Democrats went after Trump. Because they're gutless. They're gutless. That's why. Thanks for your call, my friend. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, everybody out there that makes this country work. And the men and women in Ukraine and Taiwan, the freedom fighters, God bless you. And you, the greatest audience of audiences. See you tomorrow.